come to you and God when when I was lost you found me when I did not know the way to you you came to me God and Lord it is your power God your resurrection power living in us that we can stand that we can live for you tonight God how grateful we are God that you reached out to us Lord that it was grace, and by your grace, Lord, you saved us. And God, I ask tonight, by your grace, that you would speak to us, Lord. God, use your word, Lord, to bring us closer to you. But use your word, Lord, to transform us tonight. Lord, go deep tonight as we learn your truths. And God, may we just fall in love with you more and more. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you can grab your Bibles, open them up to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 for our study tonight. Luke chapter 2. Now, I came across some funny uh, lost and found uh, flyers that were uh, posted up in around the neighborhood. And the first one I want to show you, it's, it's, it'll be on the screen, but it says Lost Dog, uh, Yellow Lab on 11809, Answers to Boomer, but is deaf. It's like, oh, how does that work? I like this next one, Missing Puzzle Piece. It's the final piece, and I've looked everywhere. <laughs> I like that one. I think we need to put up some flyers, too, on that, yeah? Uh, here's another one. This is a found flyer, one of those found flyers, and it says, is this your cat? He's trying to move into our house. (laughs) Here's another one I thought was good. Lost my brain. Please don't contact me. I'm happy. (laughs) Last one here. Found five-foot-tall velociraptor. (laughs) Very bitey. May have come from bad home. Doesn't answer to anything. He is very angry. Please come pick him up immediately. (laughs) Gosh, I guess Jurassic Park lost their Velociraptor. I can't say that. (laughs) Velociraptor. Okay, well, as we continue in our verse-by-verse study here in the book of Luke, we see how these unknown, unnamed shepherds came and found Jesus. And it was because the angels came and basically they were the flyer here and told them where to find Jesus. And I know that as we come into this passage, this is again Christmas in July, but again, we, this is where we are at in our passage. And, but, you know, we, need, we can celebrate, right, why Jesus came to us as our Savior every day. I mean, that's something we can always celebrate. So tonight, we see how shepherds found Jesus. And that's the title of our message tonight, How Shepherds Found Jesus. We're going to be studying Luke chapter 2 from verse 8 through 20 tonight. We took the first part of the chapter last week, and now we continue on into this chapter from verse 8 to verse 20. And we're going to see three things here. Number one, the angel invitation. Number two, the amazing discovery. And number three, the abounding testimony. And I'll give those to you as we go. But let's begin here, first of all, the angel invitation. The angel invitation. Now, we're going to be covering verses 8 through 14 in this section. 
But first of all, let's take a look at verse 8 and 9. Verse 8 and 9 here. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, it reads, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. So we'll stop right here. Now, we begin here with these words in verse 8, And in the same region. Well, what region are we talking about? We're talking about Bethlehem. Remember, last time we saw when Jesus Christ was born. That was our title, right? And in this first part of chapter 2, we saw how Joseph and Mary, they were brought to Bethlehem because of the census. And there Jesus was born. He was born in a stable, lying there in a manger. And, and that's, all, that's what we saw. So they're in Bethlehem. So in that same region where Jesus was born, you know what? There was these shepherds. They're out in the field. They're watching their flock there by night. Now, the interesting thing about this is that traditionally we celebrate Christmas, the birth of Christ, in December. But, you know, no one knows exactly when Jesus was born. That's just the, the date these, the Christians agreed upon, and it just became tradition now. But most likely with the shepherds being out at night watching the sheep in the field, it was probably, some people say, in the summertime or in the fall, but not in December because it would be pretty cold there in Israel. So some people even say, well, it was September 11th that year because that was the, the, the year of um, trumpet or jubilee or the day. So who knows? but we don't know but we do know these shepherds were out there watching watching over the sheep well as they're sitting there at night in the darkness what happens well this angel of the lord appeared all of a sudden here's this angel appearing and it says the glory of the lord shone around that's a glory from heaven this heavenly angel came so here's this angel just glowing in the dark night and he comes and appears to them and no wonder you you can see why they were filled with great fear because whoa what is what is this what's happening this is probably never ever happened in their whole life and all of a sudden here's this angel here's this bright angel shining there so they're, they're like, whoa, what, what's going on here? So we see that God sent this angel to the shepherds when Jesus was born. So we see this in these two verses. Now, understand something here. At this time, shepherds were at the bottom of the social ladder. They were all the way at the bottom. They were considered uneducated. They were considered unskilled. They were considered ceremonially unclean. Because they worked with animals and they didn't have time even to go to the temple, they were looked at as, well, you guys are unclean. Even though you're Jewish, even though you're these shepherds, even though most likely these lambs and these sheep were used for the sacrifices, they were still considered unclean. Basically, they're the outcasts of the society. But isn't this interesting? The birth announcement, the first announcement of Christ's birth, it did not go to like the Jewish religious leaders. It did not go to the priests. It did not go to Caesar, some kings or wealthy people or the rich or anything like that. It came to these poor, humble, outcast shepherds of the field. Interesting, right? God sends the birth announcement to these guys here. It was an unusual move of God, but it was unquestionably grace that God did here. Well, look at verse 10 now. Verse 10 through 12, it says, And the angel said to them, 
Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And we'll stop right there. So we see here in verse 10 that the angel's like, hey, guys, don't be scared. Don't be in fear now. And they know, they're like, whoa, what is this? An angel? Why? An angel coming to us? What is that? And, and the first thing I like, the angel says, I bring you good news. Behold, I bring you good news, not bad news. I'm not coming here to bring judgment upon you, bring you, you know, like God wants to strike you dead. No, I bring good news. And really the good news is what? The gospel. And the gospel means good news. And what is that? That a Savior is coming. We're going to talk about that in a moment. That's the good news. Salvation has come. God has brought that. And it's good news of great joy. Why is that? Well, because of salvation, right? Because God is calm and God is reaching out to people now. And so he says, I bring you good news, great joy. That will be for all people, both for Jews, both for Gentiles, the people of the whole world. And what is this great and good news that brings uh, great joy? For unto you is born this day. And so this is the day, this is the time, this is the moment. Jesus had already been born now. And so that's why I say this is the first birth announcement that comes to the shepherds. So for unto you born this day in the city of David. You remember what that is we learned last time? Bethlehem, right? Bethlehem in the same region now. Uh, a Savior has been born. A Savior. What does that mean? Well, the Savior is going to save us from our sins. From the guilt of our sin. From the bondage of our sin. From the consequences of our sin. This is the Savior that has come, Jesus, who is Christ. Now the Greek word there is a Christo, which is, it means the anointed one, which means the Messiah, basically. This is the Messiah. This is the long-awaited Messiah who is to come, who is going to be king uh, who's going to come and rule and not only be savior but this is christ who has come and then the angel says christ the lord now the word lord here here in the greek it, it means in context here god you know what's interesting to me in the septuagint which is the greek translation of the old testament yeah they take like the word yahweh and they take a, this word kuros in the greek and they put it there. And literally in, in the Septuagint, uh, the, the word Lord is a, a name of God. And so here we have these titles, Savior Christ, the Lord. And the Lord is really talking about God. God has come. The Messiah has come. The Savior who will save us from our sins has come. And so the angel's like, this is who was born. This is who is here now. And then he goes on and says, how are you going to recognize this baby, basically? Well, there's going to be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. Remember those were those strips of cloth we learned last time, burrito baby, you know, kind of thing we learned, right? Now, that's like any other baby. But unlike any other baby, you're going to find this baby lying where? In a manger, you're going to see 
this baby in a feeding trough. And then you will know that this is the Savior. This is Christ. This is God lying in a manger. Isn't that amazing? This is the birth announcement and the angel invitation. Yeah, to come and see this baby. For the shepherds to see that, you know what? Christ has come in a humble way. He's in a manger. That Christ has come in a position of need to meet people's greatest need. And that's to save us from sin. Someone once wrote this. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness, so God sent us a savior. Well, look at verse 13 now. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Isn't this awesome? So suddenly now, there's one angel, then all of a sudden there's... Can you imagine all these angels? When it says multitude here, you know what it's talking about? Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of angels. Now, I was trying to picture this. Did they like come down from the sky, you know? Or did, did they all of a sudden like start to all appear when, when they came from the spiritual dimension into the physical dimension, right? All of a sudden, here's one angel, then, you know, all of a sudden they appeared. I, I, I don't know, maybe once we're in heaven, we can ask, you know, the shepherd and say, hey, what, what was that like, you know? Can we rewind the tape and watch it? But it must have been so amazing to see suddenly with the angel, a multitude of these heavenly hosts. Heavenly hosts is, is uh, the Lord's army, the angels now. And they're what? Praising God here. Can you imagine as they're praising God, the roar of the noise? And not noise, I'm sure it's heavenly music, right? Heavenly voices, uh, a four-part harmony. And maybe in the angelic realm, there's five-part or six-part, ten-part harmony, I don't know, right? But can you imagine that sound going out and, and the, 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 the shepherds are probably sitting there with all these angels just suddenly praising God. Maybe their hair is like, you know, blowing in the, in the wind, so to speak. And so what are they saying? They're saying glory to God in the highest. And you know what that's saying? They're saying glory to God who holds that highest position. He's the one who rules over the, the earth. He's the one who is sovereign. He has all power, all wisdom. He's the highest. Glory to God who sits upon the throne over the whole universe here. And they say glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. What is he talking about? He's talking about with the Savior, finally, people of the earth can have peace with God. Before Christ, we're at enmity, right? We're enemies of God. But now we can have peace with God because Christ is coming, took care of what separated us from God, and that was the sin problem. So on earth, peace. And then he says, among those whom he is pleased. Literally, it's saying men that God is pleased with. or what I, In other words, what, he's, what the angel is saying, whom he is pleased, he's saying, in other words, who these 
people or, or mankind, God looks upon in favor. So God, uh, God looks upon in favor. Uh, that's that's um, all the people in the earth. And you know what that's talking about? That's talking about grace, you guys. That's how God looks upon favor upon us. It's grace. That's what it means. So glory to God in the highest on earth, peace on those, everybody on the earth whom he looks upon grace. And that's how Jesus came, right? Bringing a salvation with grace. So we see this massive celebration. The angels come out. And let me tell you, this marked a major moment in history. The birth of Jesus, the birthday of Jesus was a major moment in history. And it's exactly this. When, the, when God, who sits on the throne, came and brought a way to have peace with him through salvation. And he looked upon us with grace. Did you know, at every major event, God seems to bring out angels. God seems to bring the angels together for praise. Back in the time of creation, in Job chapter 38, verse 7, it says, While the morning stars, which is the angels, sang together, and all the angels shouted for joy. That was at the time of creation. God brought angels. When he created everything, the angels got together, and they were praising God. And then in the future, we find in Revelation 5.11, right before Jesus returns to the earth, Revelation 5.11 says, I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures, the elders, a number of them, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. So right before Jesus comes in that great event, there's great praise in heaven. And then the other major moment in history is right here what we're looking at. It's the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior, Christ, the Lord. So, with this invitation by the angel to the shepherds, here, here's what we see. God did not go to the somebodies in the city, but reached out to the nobodies in the field. You see that? These, this angel came, all the angels came as this huge birth announcement. It was an invitation for the shepherds to go see the Christ child, the baby, God did not go to the somebodies in the city, but reaches out to the nobodies in the field. And I love that thought. Remember, these shepherds were, were, were low on the social ladder. They were the outcasts, but God first came to them. God went to them. God sent the angel to them. You know, I look back when I first felt the call to ministry. I was like 16 years old, and I didn't know exactly what God wanted me to do, but I, I had this, 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 this feeling, this call, you know. And, I, I, and back then, you know, I didn't know what it was. I, whatever it was, Lord, I just want to go out and change the world. And I look back to that time. I look back through all these years, and, and I'm in awe that God would, would even come to me. That God would even even speak to me. I mean, I, I feel like I'm a, I'm a nobody. You know, I remember in high school, it felt like, oh, I'm the least likely to succeed. Not too smart. And I didn't feel like, oh, I'm a very good candidate, you know, for God to be used in ministry at all. I mean, I would say God certainly chose the foolish thing of the world. 1 Corinthians 1.27 and, and 28 talks about that. That's me. 
In that verse, it talks about how, you know, I, I, how God chooses the weak things of the world. That's me. That's me. How God chooses the low and the despised things of society. And you know what? That's definitely me. And, and so I look back and I think, God, you know, I, I read 1 Corinthians 1, 27, 28, and you know what? I qualify there in that, that place. And I look back, but I see the grace of God upon me because who, who am I, Lord? I'm, I'm nobody. I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. And even more so, you know what? I'm amazed at God reaching out to me to save me. That's grace. Yeah? That's grace. See, God did not go to those somebodies yeah, in the city the priests or the religious leaders. He didn't go to Caesar. He didn't go to to the powerful rich. But he went to these unknown, unnamed here, unworthy, people looked at them in that way, shepherds, to the nobodies of the field. Have you felt like that? Have you felt like this outcast? Have you felt like that? Like you don't fit in with everyone else? Have you felt unwanted? Maybe, maybe to this day you carry deep inside of you that pain, a feeling like you, you, you're unwanted or you, or you don't fit in, you, you're left out. You're just this nobody lost in the sea of somebodies. Well, understand that this. What we see here, that's who God went to first. He went to those guys. You know, sometimes I, I, I still feel that. Sometimes I feel so unworthy. Yeah, you know what I see? God comes to me with grace. God reaches out to me with grace. God accepts me without needing some qualifications with grace. So let me tell you tonight, what Jesus has done for me, you know what? He can do for you. What Jesus has given me, grace, He can give to you. Let me tell you, the gospel is true for me too. I just came to the Lord when He called me. I just came with me all messed up and everything. And that's what I say to you. And anyone here, anyone listening right now, even you who connect online, just come as you are. Just hear the call and answer this invitation. Well, we see here how the shepherds found Jesus. It was through the angel invitation. Let's go on to number two, the amazing discovery. The amazing discovery. Take a look here in the next two verses, verses 15 and 16. It says, When the angels went away from them, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. So we see here now the angels, as soon as the angels left, and again I'm thinking, how did that happen? Did it just go poof, 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 poof? Or did they all fly up into heaven and disappear? I don't know. But now the shepherds are left alone. All this glory light was gone, and they're probably looking at each other and going, whoa, whoa, what, what just happened? Whoa, is this true? And I'm sure they started talking. 
And I want you to notice three things about the response of the shepherd. There's three things the shepherd's response here. And first of all, they accepted the invitation of the angels. They accepted the invitation. Look at verse Verse 15 in the middle, it says, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. They said, let's go. They accepted the angel's invitation to go, go see Jesus. And the second thing is they believed the message, right? At the end of verse 15, it says, Which the Lord has made known to us. They believed what the angel said was true, that the Savior, Christ the Lord, is born. So they accepted the invitation, they believed the message, and then I like how number three, they obeyed without delay. In verse 16 it says, and they went with haste. I like that. Haste means they, it means to move quickly. And, and as they rushed over, you know, uh, the tradition, there's a traditional site where, you, where um, you can go and see traditionally where the shepherds were, and we don't know, but... Uh, supposedly it's two miles outside of the city of Bethlehem. And so they rushed over. They, they probably ran. They hurried into the city to find Jesus Christ. And so they went. They went with haste. And I love these three things. They accepted an invitation, believed the message, obeyed without delay. And I think that's how we need to respond to God, Right? Well, the shepherds were not disappointed. They came to this amazing discovery here at the end of verse 16 and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Just as the angel said, they found Jesus. Can you imagine the shepherds like running into the city and maybe asking around, searching around, hey, was there a baby born? You know, maybe there was other babies born there. Um, no, but, but um, maybe some, some of the people were saying, well, uh, yeah, but, it's, but they're, they're over there. I think they're in the stable. Someone came in pregnant. Maybe they're over there in the stable. And so they come over there. And could you imagine them coming in? Maybe Joseph is meeting them at the entrance. And, and they're like talking maybe crazy. Like, like hey, hey, angel. There's first there's one angel. And then there's thousands of angels. And then they're saying this, Savior, Christ, the Lord, and all this. And just like, whoa, 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 you know. And then Mary's like, not, you know, it's okay, it's okay, you know. And they come in. And can you imagine that moment when they look and see? Just as the angel said, lying in that feeding trough, in this stable, in this manger, is a baby. The shepherd found a baby. And you know what that meant? What did the angel say? This will be a sign to you that this is the Savior Christ the Lord. And I'm sure they're like, whoa, this is our Savior. This is the long-awaited Messiah. This is God. In a manger. And, and this was, I was also imagining this, not only that, but I wonder if they were imagining, like, looking at the whole nativity scene, kind of like, well, us, the Messiah, the King coming in this way, God coming in, the, the Savior, what, laying in a place for in animals? Being born in these poor and humble beginnings? But you know, I was thinking, these shepherds, they're used to being around animals, right? They're used to being around 
the lambs being born and, and being around that. They're, they're men of the field. They're, they're, they're what animals. They're not city folk here. I think they could see that God met them right where they're at. I'm sure they're thinking, what kind of Savior is this? What kind of Messiah is this? To meet us like how we are? To meet us where we're at? So with this discovery, the shepherds could see this. When all the pieces came together, God in a manger was a picture of love. When all the pieces came together, God in a manger was a picture of love. During a public school program called the Winter Pageant, the parents saw their kids performing many like generic Christmas songs. You know, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer, uh, Frosty the Snowman, you know, things like that. Uh, songs to not offend anyone so there was no reference to Jesus was made. Any song that had reference to Jesus wasn't made. In one of the songs, uh, as the class sang, C is for Christmas, H is for happy. Uh, uh, a child would hold up on stage, they were all lined up, they would hold up a letter to each of the songs. And it would all spell out Christmas love. So all the children had C, one child had C, another next one had H and R and I and S. All the way it spelled Christmas love. Everything was going smooth as, as they were holding up the signs, as they were holding up Christmas love, and it, and it was going very good. And, and when the course came around, and everyone was just holding up their sign at the very end. But one little girl who was holding the M put up her sign in the wrong way. She put it up upside down. So rather than an M, it became a W. And when the last letter went up, when the E on love went up, and all of a sudden everyone could see what it spelled out, a, a hush came over the whole building. For rather than Christmas love, the letters now said Christ was love. I like that. God got his message out anyway. Well, I believe this is what the shepherds saw. Like a puzzle, when they put all the pieces together, where Christ was born and them coming and no one else, it spelled love when all the pieces came together. God in the manger was a picture of love. Listen, know this tonight, you guys. Jesus loves you. And it, it, it shows here, right? Think about how Jesus came from the highest of heaven down to the earth to be born a human being, a little baby. You know, I was thinking on the way here how, you know, you know what? I'm, I was chasing a cockroach the other day in the house, right? And I was thinking about, you know, that's what it's like. If you decided to become a cockroach, yeah, to help the other cockroaches, yeah, know that you really love them. No, <laughs> but but understand that. I mean, Jesus came from the heights of heaven, eternity, into the earth where all these sinners are, where all the filth of sin is there. But he did. He came. He was born as a man. You guys, that's love. That's love. You know, it's been said, love can be measured 
by the gifts, not by how much they cost, but how much it cost the giver. Jesus gave up all to come to this earth to be born, a human being to grow and up and become a man and die on the cross for us. Well, let's go on here to number three, the abounding testimony. How shepherds found Jesus, number one, the angel invitation. Number two, the amazing discovery. And number three, the abounding testimony. Uh, We're going to finish up from verse 17 to 20 here, the rest of our verses. Take a look here in verse 17 and 18 first. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. We'll stop there. And so when, when they saw, when the shepherds saw everything, and after they left now, they made known. They started talking about what, what had happened, what they have seen. And, and they started just telling everybody about this, this baby that was born. One angel, a multitude of angels, the Christ child, the Messiah, the Savior, God there in the manger. They just started telling everybody. Isn't this wonderful? They were the first witnesses ever they were the first evangelists going out and when they started going out when people heard what what they were saying they wondered the word wondered here means they were astonished at what the shepherds told them they they couldn't believe what the messiah here what a baby what huh they they were they were it was it was what it was unexpected that even that would come out and i think it was even unexpected that the shepherds were talking even in this way. Verse 19, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Mary treasured, meaning she, she put it deep in her heart and just reflected upon them. And pondering means she went over and over these things. And I'm sure she just was just in awe that God would speak to these eh? These shepherds, an angel would come, and now these shepherds came, and the whole story. And you know what? I think it all clicked together in what the angel had told her. She knew she was carrying the Messiah. And I believe this was like another confirmation for Mary and Joseph. And so she took it all in. And verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So they went back to their fields, they went back to their sheep, and they could they were just glorifying God. They were just over the top. They're just excited, filled with joy. What a night for these guys. They could not stop talking and sharing. This was this abounding testimony that they had. Now, understand something here. You know what commentators tell us that in in that time Shepherds, in general, were not allowed to give their testimony in court. You know why? Because many of them were thieves and they could not be trusted. But I believe these guys weren't like that. I believe they were devout, they were godly shepherds, and I think that's why God sent the angels to them, and they were the first to see the the Christ child, the baby there. And so I believe that's why God chose them to be the first witnesses. But can you imagine these shepherds joyfully, excitedly, passionately telling their story? People are probably like, what? People are what, what, wait, what, what? The, the Messiah here? Wait, wait, that doesn't make sense. What now? And, and, and what? Glory, light, and it's shining, these angels and all that? They're probably like, what, 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 you guys? What, wait, you guys aren't prophets? 
You guys are uneducated people. You, you got, who are you to talk like this? What? I mean, I, mean look, I, I don't know. I'm not sure about this. I mean, it's been centuries since God has spoken, right? It's been even more than that since God's glory even came, right? It left the temple long ago and the nation. This was all unexpected for the people, and it was probably super confusion. But with their testimony, God called them to do that. It was their testimony that came out. And, and, and I think it was all designed that way. Because lastly here, our last point, the unexpected testimony came from an unexpected source. And I think that was God's design too. The unexpected testimony came from an unexpected source. Because God wanted to do something incredible, mind-blowing, outside of what people expect and plus what better people to use but humble, poor shepherds? Not the proud Pharisees. Yeah. Years ago when many of our kids were smaller, um, they learned how to play guitar. And uh, they started to lead worship for the keiki. And it was amazing to hear little keiki lead worship for little keiki. I mean, it was just amazing. Everyone was pleasantly surprised to see worship coming from an unexpected source. Yeah, the keiki. Well, that that's like this. That, that the people in Bethlehem were surprised. These shepherds passionately talking of the Messiah. But I think God wanted to get their attention. The unexpected testimony was come from an unexpected source because God was reaching out to the people and grabbing their attention now. You know, do others look at you and say, what, you? What, are you some Bible expert now? Oh, oh, you know God, huh? huh? And I'll tell you, those kinds of words might discourage you. It might, it might stop your witness, stop you in your track. Because I know, I know how it feels when people put you down. They don't think you can do something. Yeah? And especially, oh, Jesus, uh, he's in my life and he doesn't want you? What? Who are you? Yeah, I know it's hurtful and it knocks the feet out from under you. And I'll tell you, especially when maybe you are less than perfect anyway. Right? And then it's even more. But let me tell you, it's not about how perfect people see you or not. See, in the society... People expect perfection. People expect you to, oh, toe the line and be at this level. And then, okay, maybe it will respect you in that way. But it's not about how perfect you're supposed to be. It's about the truth that you experience in your life. That's what it's about. I already talked about Sunday that, you know, God makes us worthy, right? God saves us. And it's Christ's blood that makes us righteous. So, so we're okay with God. But in the world, they're, they're looking like, oh, you've got to be perfect, you've got to be that. But it's not that. It's about the truth of what you experience. And the truth is Jesus came to you, a sinner with many flaws, that God reached out to you even in, the, in those flaws. And He reached out with love, and He reached out with grace. Listen, that's the message of the shepherd. They were nobody. They were considered unclean. They are considered uneducated. Who, who are you guys to talk like this or speak for God? Why would God come to you? Right? I'm sure the priests or these Pharisees might have been thinking about that when they heard that. But the message of the shepherds was the truth that they experienced. It was real. 
They saw Jesus, the Savior, just as the angel said. They saw these angels, multitude of angels, announcing the birth of the Messiah, Christ the Lord. It was their experience of that truth. So you guys, that's your message too. It's not about being perfect, but it's about communicating the grace and love of Christ. But here's the thing, and I'll close with this. The question comes down to how you respond to God reaching out to you. Will you respond? Will you answer the invitation? Will you go? Will you be that witness? Will you go and experience Jesus? Will you come to Christ if you haven't come to Christ? Will you respond and go to Jesus and experience that love, experience that grace, and share that? I'll close with this. There's an old legend 40 years after this event here. It went around. The shepherds would still talk of the amazing holy night. Well, one little boy asked, Grandpa, was it just like what the angel said? The grandpa shepherd went on about the angel and the angels suddenly appearing. The little boy interrupting, but Grandpa, was it just like the angel said? Grandpa then went on about the glow of the glory-filled night and the roar of the angels singing and praising God. But Grandpa, was the baby Jesus in the manger just like the angel said? The grandpa shepherd went silent for a moment and seemed like eternity. Then he broke the silence and said, I don't know. I didn't go see for myself. So you see, guys, don't miss out when God is reaching out to you. Don't miss out on God's invitation. Don't miss out when God says, come. Come to me. Find my love. Experience my grace. Learn from how these responded when God reached out to them. Learn from this, how shepherds found Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, your love for us. God, sometimes for me it's hard to fully grasp and understand why would you love me? Why would you keep reaching out? Why would you keep giving me grace to such sinful people like me, Lord? But here, God, we see in the pages of our Bible, we see your love, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, for, for each one of us tonight that we would not allow any regret, any discouragement, any doubt of your love stop us from coming to you, Lord. Lord, may our failures not keep us from you, but may we bring them to the foot of the cross and lay them there. May we find your forgiveness, the cleansing, the lift of guilt, God. And may you make us into new creations, restore our hearts and renew us, Lord. God, may we give over everything to you and love you back with the love because of the love you've given us, Lord. So, God, here we are. May your spirit move upon us now, even as we close with this last song. In Jesus' name, amen.